Let's do another one of these things. Shut up and sit down. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grant, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy up, it's a spicy one. Hot garbage. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Durgen. I'm here with Lance Epler. Lance Romance, right here for your listening pleasure. In studio. I am in studio, yes. You can smell it. I am smelly as well. <laughs> <laughs> and today with us over Skype, Matt Legrand. Not in studio. Not in, stu- well, Not in studio. You're in like a studio, it looks like. I'm. Yeah, it does look like I'm in a studio. So, yes, the YouTube studio. Yeah. The fake background YouTube studio. Yeah. Wherever yeah, that fake background that. studio is, I want to go there. That place looks cool. Anyway. It does. Yeah. <laughs> for, every, I, I, for everybody I listening. A <laughs> I had a YouTube studio. I had a battle with my wife over, like, you know, like all the things. And it's like, I need to get out of the house. Like, that's what I've decided. I need a, I need a YouTube studio. Jake, make that happen. On it. <laughs> On okay. it. Cool. Hey, how about some backpedaling? Get this thing just going. No, no small talk, no chit chat. Let's, let's just roll let's with it. Backpedal, Lance Hepler. What's up? Um, I am still having back issues and have been still kind of all week. Um, it is better, but it is not um, all the way better. I kind of thought I might be able to be good enough to go do the cyclocross race, and then I decided. No. <laughs> so I still did ride like three times this last week, only three hey. times. Wow. Yeah. That's not bad. Well, you, those rides that you did, they were a little chunky, though. I mean, I think I saw a 50 miler in there. That was with you, Jake? Yeah. Jake and I. But I only did half of that. You did half <laughs> of that. Uh, we snuck out and did some gravel um, this week, which was a ton of fun. That was the first time I'd ridden outside in four weeks. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? That is kind How of ridiculous. How stupid is my shoulder? You've been on Zwift every, every day, day for four weeks until you and I rode gravel on Saturday, yeah, or Sunday, whatever. Day and that we was. also and we and we also stretched our limits on that ride as well. I think Jake got in a little bit of trouble because we stayed out longer than we were supposed it to. It all worked out just fine. <laughs> it all worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, I maybe should have been home about an hour earlier, but it was all good. <laughs> we actually went out uh, on gravel bikes and rode up on part of the Washougal Dyke, and it was so Shh, don't tell anybody that. windy out there. <laughs> I think we poached a little section. We, we weren't supposed to quite be on yet, but you know what? It was Saturday. Nobody was out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it was so windy that when we stopped, our you could pick up your bike and it was like waving like a flag. Yeah, w- with my good arm, my only good arm, <laughs> I picked up the bike with the top tube, and the bike was nearly horizontal to the ground. That's how hard wow. the wind was blowing. It was blowing. Like so we're hard. we're rolling out there and we hit this turn and like it's a full on crosswind at this point in time. I'm fighting my bike not to get blown off the trail. Yeah, that's how hard it was blowing. It was and we little... were just laughing our butts off. <laughs> It was a little crazy. Yeah. We had a good time with it. And you but, guys knew with that wind on your back, like, oh, we're going for something. 
something. We're going to find some sort of well, segment. It, on the way back, we we didn't really go hard. I wasn't feeling all that well. I think Jake was being kind to me. So, And it was Jake's first ride outside in a long time. So, I don't know. We didn't really go for anything that day. No, I mean, just rode at a moderate pace. Just had fun. It was yeah. kind of fun just being outside and shooting the breeze. Yeah, it was nice to just get out and ride. Yeah. So, I did a couple other rides. Um, one day I did um, ride some wind and take some KOMs, but um, that was just all for fun, too. That's always fun. <laughs> a couple more crowns in the uh, more crowns. the closet there. Right on. Anything else? <laughs> Uh, no, I think that's good enough. Oh, I, um, I did reactivate my Zwift account this I saw that. week. I did. Now we're recording this on a Wednesday and it's going to come out the same day because yeah. that's just what we decided to do this week. So we had our team's Zwift ride last night yes. and you RSVP'd that you were going to be there and lo and behold, I did not show up. Exactly. What happened? I rode the day before on Zwift and I actually rode for a couple hours with the C-Bot yep. and rode like 50 miles. And actually felt um, pretty good while I was riding with the C-Bot. Sure. It's really not hard to ride with a yep. C-Bot. You know, it, it's not. Speaks for yourself. Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I would, You quit paying attention for a little bit. And then, like, you look up and you realize you got dropped by, like, 30 yep. seconds. Yeah. And so there were a couple efforts to yeah, catch back up. Yeah, because they cruise long at 25 miles an hour. They cruise long at 25. You, exactly, because yeah. that's why you finished 50 miles in two hours. Yes. But yeah. But uh, yeah, the rest of that day, uh, back did not feel so good. And so I decided that um, jumping on this whiff ride with the team, and I knew there would be several hard efforts, would probably not be a real good idea. So I just, I RSVP'd and then I didn't show up. Fun ride last night. I know. There was a lot of people too. And like, there was a lot of people. (laughs) Good. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So That's fantastic. Yeah, so that's it for me. Cool. How about you, Matt? What's new? I, I also tried to do the dialed Zwift ride last night. It was a lot of fun until I hop like disconnected for just a second to like pair my heart rate monitor. And I don't remember where it was like 20 minutes into the ride or 20, maybe it was maybe 30 minutes into the ride. And I just got dropped like a bad habit. That was it. Which is frustrating. Cause I was like, all right, use one of those aero helmet, whatever power ups. Right. And wait for like a downhill. Of course, I was in like this rolling area. And I thought for sure, I'll be, I'll be fine. It's going to take two seconds to pair this heart rate. But like, I don't know what Zwift does. Do they like put the brakes on you or something when you like hop out of the menu system? Because you guys were gone and I sprinted for like three minutes. And what you, you know what you do? You know how you guys look? At least this is what I do. Like if you're dropped off a group, you look and you see how many seconds back you are. Yeah. And so I looked at that and I was, I got it back down to like 10 seconds or something like that. And it just stayed there. And I was going as hard as I could. And I was like, (laughs) this just staying at 10 seconds, it's like not going anywhere. Eventually your, your body kind of gives, gives up a little bit more space. And then like all of a sudden it's like, whoop, 15 seconds. And then I realized this is not going to happen. I'm done riding with the group, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. We were, uh, yeah. But then I just... We were going pretty, pretty hard, good. and we went up the Titans Grove for the first time, and I was just kind of chatting with some people and not really paying attention, but there was kind of like the, the normal group that yep. gets after it a little bit harder, floated off the front, and then I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll catch him, not a, not a big deal. And I'm like, well, wait a second, we're almost to the top of this. And when we get to the top of it, it levels out and then starts to go downhill. downhill. I'm like, if I don't get attached to them, that is going to be one heck of an effort to get back on. And I was about 
five or seven seconds behind that group. So I started hammering and they crested and sure enough, they floated away from me. So it was like a 10 minute TT to get back oh. on with them. So it's very hard to yeah. close the gap once it goes downhill. But, you know, that league group was probably 12 or 15 people and we probably had 40 ish people on there and that whole Titans Grove bit on there really separated out. I think it ended up making about four different groups maybe. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, I finally caught back up to him like, good Lord, that was hard. And then Joey Joe Jr. Shabadoo <laughs> joined the ride. And rocket blasted through our group, and then he just kept going. And then uh, Josh Monda and uh, Adam, our younger junior, jumped yeah, on. Reman. And th- there was one other person, I think, and they they went off the front, and we didn't see them for the rest of the that ride. That was it. That was it. But anyway, Matt, I didn't mean to hijack your thing. but You was- hijacked my whole. <laughs> so uh, I did that. I did some more virtual rides this week. But I rode outside for a grand total of three miles. <laughs> well done. Uh, this week. Which Jake, you know, you dominated that number. You went out for fifty. Um, <laughs> Jake only did like twenty-eight or something like that, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It I it feels like this time of year where you're like, do I even recognize my road bike? Like I, because my TT bike set up on the on Zwift or whatever, and you just like, have I, have I forgotten how to ride a bike? <laughs> and I know it's only been like you know you know, about seven days in between different outdoor rides or whatever it is, but it's just so awkward to be like, oh my gosh. And then I looked at the weather and it's supposed to rain for like the next three weeks or something. Yeah. Which is crazy. So yeah, I guess back to Zwift, if that counts as real riding. Uh, and then I have been going outside to run, which has been awesome because even though I'm walk jogging, it's still out there yeah. by the lake on the trails. <laughs> yeah, it's it's oddly enjoyable. I'm sure my old me would probably be like, you know, strangling me to death thinking, you know, that you're just out there walk jogging along these beautiful trails. But I'm loving it. So that's been great, uh, even though it's been slow. And then normal swimming stuff. So that's been good. You know, I think I've got a nice little rhythm of, you know, slow progression on the running, a little bit of swimming and, you know, steady on the bike. So, yeah, we'll see. I I actually got to ride with Matt this week, but it was kind of ride adjacent to Matt. I was... yes. I was in the car. I, I was in the car, and I was the I was the ride model for his next uh, yes. YouTube video. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Lance is a hell of a model, a hell of a model. <laughs> I work hard at that. Turn Very hard. Yeah. Charm a little bit. Yep. It's like Zoolander, but with more attitude. If so anybody else was, out there needs a good bike model, I'm, yeah, he's, and, he does, he's not cheap. He doesn't I, come cheap, but he's, cheap. he's worth it. You have to be okay with facial hair. But. He's, yeah. So that was good. We worked this. We worked the city streets at night. So it was a night. That shoot. was it. It was fun. It was. It was good. I actually had a really good time doing that. And uh, the video. The the video will come out this weekend. So you know, if you don't watch my videos, usually you have to watch this one <laughs> because Lance is in there. Chime so. in for the uh, for the intro. Nice. Yep. Cool. Well, we already talked about all my back pedal stuff, so we're gonna move on. All right. Good times. Champ here. Hey, Ooh, champ. Champ. Champ Bailey here. I do have uh, some racing to talk about. Sweet. So um, we're going to start with our local races, the Cyclocross Crusade. 
Um, no, I did not go out and race or did go out and watch it. I could not pull myself to drive out there and watch it and um, feel good about myself. And so, plus uh, hours of standing and walking also would have been uh, poor for me. I probably had about 10 or 12 people ask me, how come Lance isn't coming out Seriously? to the races? Why wasn't Lance out there? Where's Lance oh. at? Is Lance okay? Like all of the questions. It's been it's been it's been a hard couple of weeks for I me. I can imagine. It's been a hard couple of weeks. I completely am having FOMO. I am missing out on these races that I was planning on focusing on this yeah. year, but um, I'm not good right now. The back is no good. So um, we did have uh, lots of teammates who came out. Uh, the fun thing about the Cyclocross Crusade races is uh, the Sunday race, which was on Halloween, is a costume race. Yep. And um, almost everybody was out there in costume. My wife had made a Lance Romance Cupid costume for me. Yep. And um, Terry Hamness uh, decided to wear that. For me, so I offered it to him. He's like, absolutely, I'd be honored to wear. You're there in spirit. So I was there in spirit. So Tor- Terry wore the uh, costume, which was kind of hilarious. Um, the <laughs> and cyclocross is fun, and nobody tries to take it too seriously. So it was very cool that every most everybody dressed up. That's a unique thing I have found to Oregon. I I did a, a Halloween race last year in Utah, and I there was. 150 people at the race, and I was like one of four people in costume. So not everybody. Boring. Yes. <laughs> but in Oregon, you're kind of. Um, it's the opposite. It's, it's yeah. You, you, you a cataclysmic change there. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of look down on if you don't have a costume on. So, um, from the pictures and videos that I saw, the absolute best costume of the week was a farmer and his goat yes bruce the goat and it was actually a guy in long john or in, in like overalls and a flannel shirt Full on farmer get up farm, yep. with his actual live goat named bruce uh-huh. chasing him around the course <laughs> that goat was made famous this past week oh on social media. Gosh. Like if you scroll through and every Tom, Dick and Harry out there had something posted about that goat. It was awesome. It was, it was so awesome yeah. that the race organizers let him race with his, with his goat chasing him and that the ghost, the goat actually chased him around the course. I don't know how many laps he did. He did the single. Two. He did two. I think they said two. He did the single speed race. So it, that race is kind of funny anyway. Um, interesting note. In the single speed race, the three leaders of the single speed race, which were uh, Ben Guernsey and Seth Patla and Robert Cummings, they all caught up to Bruce the Goat, uh-huh. and he kind of got in the way. Oh no! And and um, <laughs> and Ben Guernsey was leading at the time, and when they caught up to the goat, and there was kind of a muff. I don't exactly know what happened, but Ben Guernsey ended up losing the lead at. At the goat, <laughs> and and Robert and Seth just said, "Ben, get back in, come come back up here. Yeah, get back into the lead, because that's where you were before we hit the goat. And yeah. let's just make. I mean, how cool is that? That is that is awesome. And and Ben ended up winning the race by like ten feet or something in a sprint out with Seth Patla. So wow. very cool. Um, we had lots of teammates out there. It was very. It, it looked like it was a ton of fun. Um, I felt sick watching all the stuff. Um, the I believe the first day the the um, the the Cat One Twos was won by Kaylor uh, Marshall. I think is his name. Okay. 
Um, he is, yeah, Kaylor Marshall. He's from he's from Walla Walla. And Jacob Rathie was second. Eric Tonkin was actually third. Hmm. So, and then the on the women's side, I don't I don't want to. Um, Jenna Lingwood won, followed by Anna Davis Usher and Rachel Geiter. On the costume day, um, um, who was it? Josh Kelly won, which was fantastic. Huh. Racing in a unicorn um, yeah, outfit. Like you do, yeah. Like you do. Um, it was sunny and windy out there, but uh, still uh, there was mud sections, really thick mud sections. So conditions actually weren't easy, even though it was sunny. Yeah. And it wasn't rainy, but there was a lot of water on the course from the last few weeks. And yeah, if they were dealing with half the wind that we were dealing with, that that, that changes things dramatically. It, it was in the gorge. Yeah, and it so blows hard through it there. It blows hard through there, so it was kind of exciting. So that's what happened at the Cyclocross Crusade races. It, it all went good, and I feel like a loser because I missed out. Um, also, in Cyclocross news, the in World Cup, there were a couple of uh, World Cup races, um, but the big news was Monday's race up the Koppenberg um, in Belgium, um, it's, which is a very famous uh, paved, you know, uh, cobblestone section, which was part of the Cyclocross race. Our own Clara Hansinger won the UCI race. Nice. She won it. That's Yeah, that was awesome. huge. That was her first win, right? That was her first UCI win. Yes. So just amazing. She just barely beat um like by 12 like 12 seconds or something. She she barely beat um I think it was Betsema. Yep, Denise Betsema. She barely beat her by 12 seconds. But just it was it was kind of a muddy race and a hard race, but she ended up pulling off the victory, which is I mean Oh my gosh! So proud of her. So happy that that happened, yep. which was very cool. So, um, other racing news. There's two other more other races I want to talk about. The Belgian Waffle Ride um, in Kansas happened last one of the season. Last one of the season, uh-huh. and it was a crap show. How do I say that? <laughs> <laughs> poop emoji. It was a poop emoji <laughs> show. All right, what happened? There was a giant mess. So the day before the race, they had given all the athletes the GPX file so that they could have it on their computers and follow it. The morning of the race, um, there was a extremely difficult mud section that the race organizers decided to remove from the course. So they changed the course the morning of the race. And at the start line, they told everybody, don't follow your GPX courses Follow the course arrows. And inevitably, people followed their GPS. Yeah, and not everybody got that information. Oh, no. And so not everybody heard that, and so it ended up being like a mess. Um, so half the people followed their their computers, and half the people followed something, half, you know, followed the course direction, and... Um, there was a lead group of four that Adam Roberge was leading, and he followed the GPX course. He followed his computer and ended up riding through the very difficult, muddy section mm-hmm. that they were trying. And there was actually a bridge you had to dismount and run across and and all this stuff in this section. And there were, he had like a four-minute gap on a second group of four that did not take that. They, they, it's really confusing. They ended up taking 
you know, following their courses for a while until they saw a vehicle and then turned around. And, and anyway, uh, Roberge, who was leading and should have won, ended up seventh. Oh. And some other guy named Tanner um, uh, ended up officially winning, even though he it was just it was all a big mess so what did the race promoters have to say about that did, was there apologies did they change anything up or did they say oh, bad on you you didn't pay attention to the announcement at the start pretty much that was what they said at this point is bad on you and how pissed off was he uh Robert, he actually he actually um <laughs> he actually posted a youtube video showing exactly where he turned what he did why he thought he should still be the winner you know, not taking anything away from the. It was he posted a whole YouTube video explaining why it sure. was so confusing. So, with the Belgian waffle ride, is the winner just getting a pat on the back, or are they getting a prize purse, or is it just the notoriety that comes along with that? Maybe picking up a sponsor here or there. I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. Curious about that. Yeah. I mean, if it was a pretty substantial prize purse, which I don't think they have, that would be that would be a big bummer. But regardless, I mean, they. They've muffed it up, they, and I mean, yeah, they screwed up. So it, it was kind of a, a hard call that they had to make that morning, and not everybody got the. It was just, it was messy. So, interesting enough, uh, Remco Evanpool actually showed up and did the race. But everybody's he, favorite pro cyclist. <laughs> but he did, he did not do the hundred mile race. He did like the fifty mile race. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Why would you go all that way? I mean, he's from Europe. Yeah, correct. I mean, he's he's Belgian or or so Dutch he comes all the way over here and does Lance's baby version of the race. That's correct. He did the baby version, <laughs> um, and he didn't even he didn't really race it either. He just like rode it hard. He just wanted to see what it was like. Apparently, because huh. he ended up like seventh or eighth or something. And actually, the the baby race, the fifty mile race, was won by Molly Cameron. Really? Yes. Oh. So Molly was out there and um, ended up in a heads-up sprint with, uh, I think, Ben Delaney of Velo News was in the top three or something. And But again, it was messy because of uh, course issues. Was that shorter route affected by this as well? I don't remember exactly, but I think so. Huh. Anyway, so good for Molly. Molly, yeah. Molly won the... Uh, she actually registered as a woman and was in the woman's field, but still won the overall. Gotcha. So it it was all it all ended up good. So that was kind of exciting. Yep. Except they munged it up. The other race to talk about was the big, huge crit race. Did you hear about this crit race at all, Matt? Uh, only that it was happening and that there was a big prize purse. I didn't actually see results or anything like that. So this is called Into the Lion's Den. It was put on by, uh, it was powered by SRAM, so they were a big uh, supporter of this. And I think the Legion of Los Angeles uh, people, Justin Williams, I think it was part of his crew who helped organize it and put it on. Uh But the big thing was, it was a crit in Sacramento, not even in L.A., but with a $100,000 prize purse. That is fantastic. And that was for the women, correct? It was the... The women and the men had equal prize purses, so, so fifty thousand dollars for the women, fifty thousand uh-huh. dollars for the men. Okay. So the the winner got fifteen thousand dollars. Second place was like twelve thousand dollars. You know, it, down to like it paid out to like twelfth place That's or something like that. Yeah. So fantastic, but 
They also had five primes, preems during the race. So you win this lap and you win the preem. Three of them were $1,000 preems. Mm -hmm. One was a $4,000 preem. Oh, my Lord. And then the penultimate lap, the one, with one lap to go, was a $3,000 preem. So with one lap to go, like just going yes. into the, the final lap of the race. $3,000 Turn preem. yourself inside out for $3,000. And then still have to do the, oh, the last wow. lap. So ouch. <laughs> pretty you know. And they also they also did it differently. It wasn't it wasn't trade teams. You were you were like put on a you were put on like a, a group team like representing Boston or representing it's like LA. A regional kind of thing, yeah. It was like a regional thing. But but you didn't have to be from that area. They just want they grouped people together on different teams. So you weren't on your regular trade team, you were on how far in advance else. did they do that? I think they've been doing that for a like uh, a month or two when they figured out the teams and who was gotcha. going what. And and you had a different jersey that had your name and your number on the back, like a pro sports athlete. Huh. Which is so nobody wore their trade uniforms, yeah. their trade kits. They all wore these kits that they were given for the race that had, like Justin Williams, he was number one and had Williams on the back. And his brother was number two, I think, I don't know. And he had Williams on the back. Huh. And, and the... The vegan cyclist did a YouTube video about it, which was fantastic. And so, he, you know, his name's Tyler Pierce, and so he had Pierce on the back, and sure. he, his number was, you know, 68 or something like that. I think he was trying to get 69, but it didn't work. And then, <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was kind of cool. It was like a unique, different thing, which I, I thought, okay, that's pretty stinking cool. That is. So. Uh, doing little things like that to draw attention and change things up and kind of just break the paradigm of what it's always been, that's fun. Yes. It, it makes it interesting. Very fun. Good on them. Yeah. Justin Williams did end up winning the men's race, but they didn't sweep it. Um, second place was that Lamperty guy who was actually the U.S. crit champion. Mm -hmm. So um, he was able to jump in there and whatnot. So it, it was actually a pretty cool little event that they pulled off. So Nice. Other than that, champ out. Champ out. That's enough. Hey, Matt, you got any running or triathlon stuff you want to toss in here? Anything happening in your uh, your life? This is a pretty quiet time of year for triathlon stuff, I would say. Um, so, yeah, there's not a lot of news at this point on the, on the triathlon front. Anything special happened down in Oceanside? There was the Oceanside 70.3 this past weekend, yeah? Oh, yeah, Ben Canute won that. I... I, I um, I actually thought what would be interesting is since they, they canceled this um, Ironman California race uh, because of bad weather. Did we talk about that on the last podcast? I don't know if we did. I don't know if we did. but um, Okay, so I thought that we might see some heavy hitters, you know, drop down uh, to San Diego where that next race is. And it didn't seem to happen. Uh, so there was like Gustav Eden. There was... Um, Jan Ferdino, like some of the best triathletes in the world were going to go like toe to toe for a full Ironman. And, uh, it kind of looks like th they all kind of scattered, like Gustav might go to Florida. Maybe, um, Jan Ferdino went back to Germany. Uh, you know, I don't know what anyone else is doing, but I kind of was hoping that they might just stay in California and drop down and do that Oceanside race. Uh, I didn't see any of those guys do it. Uh, Ben Canute won the guys race. I don't remember off the top of my head who won the girls' race, but oh, Paula uh, Finlay. She's a uh, an Oregon, Oregonian. She lives in Bend. She's, you know, Eric Lagerstrom's partner. Cool. She won the women's race. So, 
yeah, great all around racing. Eric had a rough day at the office. I think he had a, ba- a bike crash. Oh no, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, there is another race that's on the books coming up in what about three or four weeks. The I know one, that, I know the that, one in um, Southern California. The um, I think Evan's doing that one, right? Is it the, the There's like a half Ironman race. Some, yeah, he's he just started a training block for four weeks, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But I think he's there's going down there. One more Josh race, Brother. and I think. Oh yeah, that one I don't think is typically a huge race, and I don't know why. What makes one race big, and what makes one usually it's like prize money and stuff like that. Yeah, that one doesn't seem to attract a ton of superstars, but maybe it will because you know certain races were canceled, and it's kind of your last chance for the year. So who knows? Gotcha. There's also there's also one in Florida. Um, I think there's been a name change on that one, but that takes place in like Miami or Daytona. Maybe it's Daytona uh, that should be coming up soon too. Gotcha. Cool. Thank you for that, sir. All right, let's move this thing on. Um, we're going to do something in the vein of the hot seat this week for uh, our quote unquote topic, but it's going to be a little bit different format. So oh, Lance, no. Lance, change my mind. Change your mind. Change my mind. We're all gonna segment be- is going to be called Change My Mind. Change, Change my, my mind. mind. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of like background, something that I can put uh, a little drop or whatnot. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, run around the table and um, we're going to, I think, start with Matt this week. Okay. And Matt's going to come up with something that he's going to stand firmly on. And then it's my job and Lance's job to change his mind. So, Matt. I got, I got a couple here. And so I'll throw out this first one if you guys are like, no, I'm not going to change your mind. Then we'll just move on to a different one. Okay. Sure. Bike lights should be used during the daytime, evening time, and after dark. All three, not just, you know, put them on when you want to be able to see where you're going. Bike lights. Hmm. Hmm. Timely, timely discussion because that's what Lance and I worked on. That, that was the, <laughs> that's the YouTube video about to come out this weekend. Yeah. Should yep. come out on Sunday. Nicely played, sir. Nicely played. Um, and, and if you guys don't want to argue that one, I've got more. I well, let's just think about this. Is there a reason that you would ever not want to have a light on your bike? Like I, like uh, I'll tell you, like don't put lights on the back of your bike when we're out riding mountain bikes, you knucklehead, because you're blinding the guys behind you. Weights racing, I yeah. I don't I don't wear I don't wear front bike lights at all. Yeah. During, you don't wear protection, Lance. I don't wear protection. I don't wear front bike lights at all um, during. Uh, when I'm riding my road bike, actually, if it's during the day, I don't wear <laughs> front <Protection>. lights. I, <laughs> you, I you use your radar. I, which has I, a light I use on. my radar. I actually, I don't like riding without the radar. But yep. if, you know, a lot of people have a flashing light on the front just to be more visible. Yes, excellent, great idea. I just don't do that because I don't know because it looks dorky. You're but not is, convincing me. But You're is, not convincing me, Lance. No, that is not, actually, What's that's the name a terrible the reason for not being safe because it's definitely more safe Wait, having a... You're saying it looked dorky, but that video of the, you looked epic. <laughs> it, but it was dark out. Lights. It was absolutely dark out. Listen, you what? don't need a light on the front. You're. I'm wearing bright orange anyway. I'm wearing bright orange because that's the color of my kit. I'm moving pretty fast. You've got to be able to see the bright orange. Uh, no, you don't you're, need a flashing you're, light you're on the front. You're slightly convincing me, but you're not killing it. Yeah, it's because it's probably a good idea to have a front light. On. But 
I don't, but I don't ever do it. Do you do it, Matt? I haven't, I haven't ridden with Jake in like a decade. What, what does he have on the front? He, he was no light on the front, and now I think he is, right? Um, yeah, ever since he started riding back outside, Jake actually just stepped out because a uh, customer is in. Um, and, but he'll be back shortly. Um, when, he's, when he first came back, he, was, he had a flashing white light on his front handlebars. But um, the last few times, he hasn't had it. So that, I think it's just kind of been... that's probably because you're riding gravel? Part of it's gravel. If if we're with part of the, it's gravel, part of it's he, he actually doesn't like to ride outside alone either yeah. since the wreck. And so, because um, if he's not alone, he's been he's been doing that without it. So I don't know. What about on those um, those hammer fest, whatever that was? Is that Thursday nights or Tuesday nights? Uh, it was a it was a Thursday it's, night. The dialed uh, the flogging the ride. Flogging rides were on Thursday night. Did he go? Did he go light on that one or no? Not? No light. Not, what about you? I no light. Nope. No light on me because that either. was interesting. Because that's that's like, I mean, I guess it was. It was never in the dark. It was never no the thing that was like dangerous. It, but it, it was, was you know starting later and working its way towards evening. It, it was. I you know when I'm in a big group, it's not yeah. quite. I don't think it's really as needed to have lights because you have if a you're huge in, group. If you have a huge group, matter of fact, quite often, I, I I don't know where I read this somewhere, but I think it's in California or somewhere. It might not be a law, but like, um, if you're riding in a group, you shouldn't have a flashing light on your rear. Right. It can be it can be solid, but you're not supposed to have a flashing light on the rear if you're riding. Because distracting and blinding for right. people. I've seen people actually like write messages on the road, like turn off your blinky lights. They're you know they're super annoying for people. Uh, I still think the blinky writing... lights. I've been told that in the state of Washington that you're not allowed to have it on the strobe. It's on uh, the front. On the front, you're not allowed to use the strobe, or it has to be some sort of a, a broken, like not a rhythmic strobe. It has to be something either solid or something or, a or little not bit rhythmic. Exactly because of the whole seizure thing. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I've always meant to go look that up online, but um, it was actually Jesse Ch- Talkinson who listens to the podcast and been on the podcast before. His dad was telling me about that, that that is a law in the state of Washington. Maybe we can reference that while we're looking this up. But um, yeah, and so I've always purposely then after he told me that, never put it on the, the standard strobe. I've always just gone and put it on another one. It's like a, does like a little flash flash and then it's like a long like drawn thing. So it just was a different thing that I guess doesn't cause Flashing lights are prohibited with a few exceptions that don't include bike hand headlights, but do include tail lights. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Might be worth looking into though. Yeah. yeah. So, and it is a, it, it, there is a law that says that you have to, if you're riding a bike at dark, you have to have. Correct. Yes. Lights. And you should. I mean, it has to be properly lighted at night, yeah. but it is also a law I, that says you have to wear a helmet. No, not for adults. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I think it's just, and it's not even for kids and all. It's like a city thing. It's like it, it oh, changes it's, from it's city to city. It's not a state law. It's a city Correct. ordinance or something yeah. like that. Okay. All right. So I will just say that you guys did not convince me. But no, we can move I, on. I don't want to convince you not to do that, though. So I, I, I tried uh, to convince yeah. him. But do I you have another one? It. Something a little got, bit more decisive? Stuff. Go for it. Uh, sure. I got more. <laughs> I got more. <laughs> Play the game. Indoor bike riding is not bike riding. Yes, Ooh. it is not. 
It doesn't matter. You don't need to ride your stupid no, no, no. bike convince indoors. Me, convince me otherwise. There's, there's, all you need Land, is better you're, clothes. You're, you're arguing say, the wrong direction. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, let's say that... I jumped all over that right off the bat. <laughs> like, I, I agree, so, yes. I was so angry. <laughs> so let's say you live in Alaska and you're dealing with feet upon feet of snow and you don't have access to a studded fat tire bike and that's your only option to maintain your fitness are you gonna are you not you're maintaining your fitness but I mean, you're not really biking you're spin classing you're not biking okay so there's a difference between spin class and say riding on swift <laughs> it's horrible at this game wait i mi- i screwed it up again i'm still i'm on your side matt i can't nice do spin it class so nice spin class guys nice, nice spin class. it makes for a great synergistic tool to maintaining your fitness or building fitness to get stronger and faster when you go out and you ride your bike outside. So outdoor riding definitely benefits from it. So are you going to say that it's not cycling? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the fact that Lance is just... I can't got do it. Thin, can't, you know, can't go the other direction. That's okay. Hold on. Let me, let me be the other guy. Um, Peloton is named after... A Peloton. It can't be a spin bike. It's a Peloton. It's named after the European racing Pelotons of Grand Tours. And that's cycling. So, therefore, spin class must be biking. No, it's virtual spin class. (laughs) Therefore, Lance is wrong. Would it be safe to say that Peloton riding is not cycling, but like riding on a smart trainer with your actual bike in the the land of Zwift or whatever platform you so choose is still cycling or cycling adjacent? That's a hard distinguish dis- distinguishing line there. It's a very, I don't know. It looks a little wishy-washy there. Hmm. I think I'm going to get to use a Peloton uh, over Thanksgiving break. Are you? Yeah. I think I told you guys on the last podcast. I had, a, <laughs> I liked it. I had fun. The, uh, You're going to have a good time. We uh, we rented an Airbnb in Salt Lake City, and they have a Peloton in the, in really? the Airbnb. Uh, that's what it said, so we'll find out if it actually Do they pay for the monthly membership for that, too, for you to get on there? Or? I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. It, yeah, it, I don't know how that or works. Or is it the janky one that they bought at Costco it, for a third it, of the price? It might not actually be Peloton. It might be something else, but we'll you're find gonna out. You're going to like it. If yeah. it's Peloton, I think you're actually going to like it, surprisingly. Interesting. Matt, that's hard to argue against. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you I, i'm going to say that because i'm on my bicycle and i'm riding it's not outdoor riding it's indoor riding it's it's got the appropriate time or the title and i think it still falls under the jurisdiction of cycling yeah so i i, I tried to throw out one, one that i thought would be easier to argue there but yeah i'd still disagree sorry, so i disagree <laughs> So next time we're on a, a Zwift team ride and Lance is doing, I'm going to tell him he's not allowed to upload it to, Stra- to Strava. Yeah, Because it's it, not really If riding. it could be uploaded to Strava, <laughs> it's a ride. It's it's cycling. I don't know. You can upload anything to Strava. If you do Jazzercise, you can upload it to Strava. Correct. <laughs> I so, guarantee you one of those drop downs is probably Jazzercise. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just going to assume they that that's it there. They title it Virtual no. Cycling. So it, are you saying that they need to take away the moniker Cycling? That's yes, virtual, that's right. Virtual pedaling or something. That's what I'm saying it should say spin class. Yeah. Well, during that time, that, dang it, jazzercise is not on the list. Oh, during the time where, but it, it should be pretty much most of September and, and just about all of August, or October for me. Like I was on Zwift and and I wouldn't be able to go outside and ride. Like we're going to do a team ride this weekend for the Michael Myers uh, Memorial Ride. Yes, I wouldn't be able to. Like if I was not able to have 
Zwift to my trainer on my bike, I would not be able to go do that ride because I I would die. That's so true. I'm able to maintain my fitness, but there was a, a period of time there were, that I was telling people that I wasn't cycling, I wasn't training, I was just exercising. You know, basically trying not to get too fat. Right. So that that's kind of what I was doing. But you know, like <laughs> when we talk about the the ride that we did last night, we all kicked each other's backsides and we were on bikes and we were going hard and we were kind of racing at certain sections. I'm going to call that cycling. Yeah. Okay. Good argument, Jake. <laughs> Lance, not not impressed. Not gotcha. Impressed. All right. <clears throat> you guys ready for, for mine? You guys ready for this? Ready. All right. Good. All right. Uh, we shouldn't work hard to save road cycling. Change my mind. Oof. Road cycling is okay. dying. You go, Matt. All right. If you believe in capitalism, right? This is a stretch. If you believe in capitalism, <laughs> like the market forces are going to like take our sport in the direction that it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's gravel. Maybe gravel is popular because it's better. I don't know. But you kind of have to just like, if no one's going to show up to a road race because they aren't popular, why are we trying to save it? Why are you going to dump a whole bunch of money into trying to save something that people don't want to do? Yeah. I, that's a good question. I, you, Road cycling is what started all of this. Even us, you know, it's yeah. what yes. it's what got me on a bike. Yeah, actually, that's not true. I started mountain biking before I did any of that. But and triathlon, <laughs> and triathlon. But even before triathlon, I started mountain biking before I started road cycling. But it's it's what opens the door for most people. And there's a lot of people out there who only do road cycling. They don't go off road. They're yep. not comfortable going off road. They, it's. It's more difficult. It's dirty. It's, you yeah. know, all those things. And so if we don't have races that bring those people in, we're going to lose half or more of our cyclists who are doing that, you know, who, who are being part of cycling. And actually, you've got to have road racing just to be able to keep up with it all. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't, Lance. Yes, you do. You don't yeah. have to have road biking. It, you don't have to have anything. If the numbers are not there to support it, it will not happen. Right. So again, let me let me just make sure that this you guys are hearing me right. I'm not saying that we should let it die. I'm not saying that we should kill it. I'm just saying that we shouldn't do anything extraordinary to save it. I don't think that we need to dump a bunch of time, energy, effort, money, all of that stuff into ra- saving road cycling because you're not going to really make a change. Now, Going back to the the you know wait Champ Bailey times here talking about doing things a little bit differently the fact right. that they did some stuff different that's making crit racing even more exciting more interesting and more uh, you know something that you can engage with that's good I don't see that happening with road racing so maybe I should be a little bit more specific road racing we shouldn't really put a lot of time energy and effort into because it's going to do what it's going to do uh, I I'm confused we're trying to change your mind here which way are we going. Because I can argue. I just don't way. think that we, I don't think that we should put any effort into trying to say. I thought like, you said. So I thought your argument originally was road racing is worth saving. No, it's not. I, I don't think that we should be putting a ton of resources okay. into trying to save something that's not very popular right now. I'm not saying that All it's right. going to die. I'm not saying that it's going to completely go away. I just don't think that we should be putting extraordinary efforts into saving road racing. All right. So I gotta I gotta argue against that. That's fair. So Lance's argument of like this is the cornerstone of cycling. Yes. Yeah. This is what this is your this is your gateway drug, right? Mm-hmm. For yes. cyclocross, for Gravel. all of biking, for bike stores, bike businesses, yes. the industry as a whole. If you don't have bike racing, 
you're going to have less people buying bikes, right? Because you can buy a, a $20 Walmart bike and you can ride around for your like locomotive needs and your, your transport needs or all the other things that bikes are fantastic for. No, but if Matt, you're going to race, you can go to spin class, <laughs> you can go to spin class for your exercise needs. But if you're going to race a road bike, that is going to require you to spend, not that you have to spend more money, but like people are going to be more willing to. So saving road biking also saves bike stores, the bike industry. Sure. So there's one argument. Right. Yep. Um, I, I don't I just, me personally, I think that road cycling, it's doing what it's doing right now. It's losing popularity. The numbers are down. I just don't think that we need to be putting a lot of time, energy, and effort in it because people are still out riding bikes. They're still out riding on the road. Yes, they are. But they're also opting to purchase gravel bikes, mountain bikes. They're trying triathlon. They're doing all of that different stuff. There's a ton of people riding on Zwift, even though Lance doesn't think that that's <laughs> cycling. But when we think about cycling in general, like when was the heyday of mountain biking? Probably the early nineties. Early nineties. Okay. When was the heyday of road cycling? The two, the Lance Armstrong air, air okay. like the early two thousands. When was the heyday of cyclocross in the United States? The Jeremy Powers era. It was probably after the Lance Armstrong era yes. of, of road cycling. And then when was the heyday of mountain or gravel? We're, 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 in, in, we're it. in it right now. We're in it. So, but if you start to look out there and you start to look and see what everybody's doing, what's making another big resurgence right now? Mountain biking. Yes, it's it is. It's getting super popular again. So I'm, I'm thinking that things are a little bit cyclical. I'm thinking that, you know, people here in the United States are always chasing like what's the next biggest thing. And just like in any industry, like if you want to look at, you know, fashion or what's popular in art and all these other different things, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be certain fads or trends that are going to come into vogue and then they're going to leave, but they're never going to fully leave, but they'll come back around in a certain amount of time. I think that cycling, road cycling, road racing more specifically, will come back in, in due time. People will start to say, remember that road bike stuff that we used to do? Remember how awesome that was? And then all of a sudden people will get excited for it again. And then we'll see a resurgence. And maybe we'll come up with some different ways to do it. But Make it fun. If you don't keep the races going that we have or try to replace the races that we've lost, uh -huh. that comeback could be even more difficult. Because the promoters that are doing those things will... We'll have an even harder time putting those races okay, back well, on. Promoters are gonna, the promoters are going to have to learn to diversify a little bit in order to keep the sport alive. Do I want to see more road races on the schedule? Absolutely. But I just don't think that we need to be doing extraordinary stuff because that's just going to beat people down. Like, I would rather see a promoter do like fewer <clears throat> road races and maybe pick up a couple other things just to keep food on the table. And then once it comes back around where people actually start wanting to come out and start road racing again, then they can start adding those things back. And it's not like the course is getting blown up. It's not like you're going to have to go, you know, rebuild a road or something like that. It's still there. Yeah. There's still racing out there to be had. You what know, if we, what if we caveat this argument by saying road racing as it is now needs to die or can die just fine. We could let that go. New techniques and new styles of road racing need to be invented, created, birthed, sure. where it's a more inviting sport. People are willing to, you know, come out and show other people like nice ways to do things. All the stuff that we talked about, was that two podcasts ago or was it last podcast? 
Sure. Either way, like all these kind of like concepts of like, hey, how do we get people interested in doing some of these events? Well, we might need to do things differently. When you just show up to a race and you have your normal category racing and you just go, like that's not attracting a ton of new riders. Whereas gravel racing and just having, you know, these epic rides on like epic locations and doing things slightly differently is attracting more riders to the sport. And so I think road racing in its current form may need to be adjusted, but at the same time, that's not to say that road racing itself needs to die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could agree with that. I don't think that road racing is going to die. I honestly no. don't. I think that in the, probably the next five to 10 years, we'll see a big comeback. And I think a lot of it's going to have to do with, well, there's a lot of new people coming into the sport of road riding right now. And I think that those people, eventually the, the competitive ones are going to boil to the top and say, Hey, I, I want some bike racing and we'll have to have something to show them. But We've talked about this before on a podcast probably a couple of years ago, but I think once we get to a tipping point where you start to see many more autonomous cars out there, and once that becomes more of a, a rock-solid um, platform, if you will, I think that will make cycling safer, and I think that more people bikes. will be like, all right, I feel comfortable going back out and riding on the road. That's a big turnoff for a lot of folks that want to go ride on the road. But the problem is, is if you want to race on the road, you got to train on the road. And when you're training on the road, you're running the risk of getting hit on the road by a car and really altering the rest of your life, if not killing you. And that yeah. happens all too often now. If we've got uh, more autonomous cars out there that are, you know, cognizant and paying attention as opposed to, you know, Joe A-hole on his uh, cell phone and, you know, updating his Facebook feed and, and talking on the phone and, and running people over, that part, that part needs to go away. And I think that having autonomous cars could help that process. Now, is it five, 10 years away? Probably not. It's probably further down the road than that, but it's, I don't think as far as we think it is, but I think that that could influence a whole nother generation of road racers and, and it could make road riding a lot safer and, and more fun. I, I, I'm curious at if road riding will actually resurge after this, this gravel surge that we're having right now starts to fade yeah because i think the gravel surge will fade it'll either get saturated with too many races or the uci will screw it up yeah (laughs) or something will happen that the this huge gravel boom that we're going through right now will start to scale back Mm. and i wonder if during that scale back is when there'll be more of a resurgence in road racing it could be and and i think that falls in line with what's popular and what's in vogue i mean if you think about like 15 to 20, 25 year cycles, you know, road racing was in its heyday and we'll say the late nineties and it it parlayed and went into, you know, some months years after that, there's still a lot of people that ride now just because of that era, but we're probably not too far off of that becoming back into Vogue. And if that's five to 10 years from now and we've got more autonomous cars and people start to miss a little bit more, I think that's just going to ripen everything up for it to explode and become super popular again. And it's a matter of like, all right, let's come up with some formats that are fun and, and make this something that it's more inviting to more people like Matt was talking about. And it could see, a long stay of you know being popular that's what i hope happens yeah for sure that's just my thought on that did you guys change my mind i don't know (laughs) 
do we need? Oh to, yeah, we totally changed your yeah, mind. Do we need to do anything right now though to do to to make it? You know, so let's just talk about you know Scott Scott Schultz who was in here with us last week. Yeah, he he really wants to be the savior of road cycling here in the Pacific Northwest in the the greater Portland area, and I I applaud that. I think we are the, super thankful for it, that. Yeah, absolutely. But in the same breath, I'm like, oh my oh gosh, I don't want him to get burned out. I don't want him to put a ton of energy and money into some of these races and then just have the the sad trombone playing at the end of it like where is everybody how come people didn't come out and race what's the deal i just think that there's a lot of things aligned against him and that he's gonna have to really work hard and i'm hoping that i'm wrong and i'm hoping that um people show up to the races i mean we're gonna support him either way but is he fighting a losing battle and does does someone like that need to be superhuman you know trying to save road cycling that's a good question. I mean, you, you don't know what's going to spur people to actually show up on the start line. Yeah. Is it going to be unique categories? Is it going to be cool courses? Is sure. it going to be traditional courses? Is it, we don't want to lose this rate? I don't know. Yeah. What, what's what's going to be that thing that will spark more people to show up? Yeah. I don't know. You know, crit racing seems like it's doing all right. I mean, I was at a couple crits this year, and they seem like they were well attended. There could have definitely been more people out there, but they, they seem like they're quasi alive and well. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And, like, Grand Tour racing is well, is, is kind of as big as ever in yeah, Europe. Yeah, in Europe, yeah. things are a lot different. Cyclists are respected over there. Yeah. And that, that's right. a way Not of here. life. Yeah. And People let them go out there and do their thing. Granted, things will still happen. People are still going to be idiots, but it's a completely different sport there and it's celebrated much, much more um, than it is here. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Interesting. Lance. Yeah. Change. change. What you got for us to change okay. your mind? Mine is very serious. Are you ready for, for this? That's what we're looking for on this podcast. Go ahead. Animal is the best Muppet. Changed my mind. <laughs> Who's a better Muppet than Animal? There isn't one. Animal. How could you not love Animal the Muppet? How about Grover? Grover. Grover's a Sesame Street character, not a Muppet. No, Gonzo. 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 That's what I was thinking. Gonzo. Not. <laughs> it's hard to remember. Okay, many people listening to this are like, "Who are the Muppets? <laughs> what is oh, this?" Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> did, did we kind of we kind of dated ourselves? Uh, I I just animals hilarious. You know, he's the he's the drummer, the little animal drummer. There was there's like a guy who were right like now. the who are like the guys in the that are like the colorful commentaries like the two statler and waldorf yes those guys <laughs> yep they're, those they're classic guys, as right? well so you've got like that's like the opposite side of the spectrum from animal right they just made fun of everybody they probably they, got canceled for something they've said yeah right yeah just go back and listen and uh, see if that holds up over time <laughs> it might not hold up but yeah so, those two yeah, old so guys Lance, were hilarious you know those two guys are the best i mean yes that's two versus your one can but you make they a case are clearly fozzy bear being better than animal uh no it was all dad jokes Right? Fozzie Bear told all dad jokes. I guess you're into dad jokes, aren't you? A little you? bit, yeah. Jake's been, all his Zwift rides have had dad joke uh, titles. And it's been we, a couple years of do that. Do you have like a place in your heart for Kermit, or is he annoying? Um, you know, Kermit's the leader, and um, yep, I, sort I, of. I don't find him all, other than he's kind and lovable, he's just... Uh, he's vanilla. Not, he's vanilla. It's yeah. not, as, not as funny. I, I, will, I will concede on that one, but I, I don't know. Most annoying Muppet. Animal. 
hands down, Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy, most she, annoying. She's too. Um, yeah. She's uh, she's too she's too nasty. She's nasty. She needs too much attention. <laughs> she needs all this attention. Thinks too highly of herself. Yeah. Uh, there could be a, a case made for Doctor Teeth. What a great name! Why am I not named Doctor Teeth? Is it? Yeah. Doctor Teeth is the band leader that okay. that animal plays for. I was just thinking, like maybe that Muppet could have been at your office back in the day. <laughs> I should have been Doctor Teeth. I what th- about Beaker? Beaker is uh, yes. brilliant. He absolutely is absolutely on Swedish Chef. <laughs> the Swedish Chef is also yeah. very good. <laughs> He's probably canceled too. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're talking about the Muppets on yeah. the podcast. It's, okay. the, it's the Muppets. It's all worth it. Are, are we on. jumping the shark right now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Bunsen Honeydew is who uh, Beaker worked yes. with. Yes, he Dr. was uh, Bunsen, yeah. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew was his. Uh, oh, to go assistant. back and change your mind. I don't know, Lance. I don't know if I can change your mind on that Animal. one. Animal's pretty stinking cool. All right, Those, we tried. We tried to change your mind. Yeah. You guys got any more? What about Sweetums? Do you know, remember who Sweetums is? No. Sweetums is the is the giant monster with the huge mouth that was like seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked all scary and terrible, but his name was Sweetums. Come on. That's also pretty funny. Oh, good times, Lance. Thank yeah. you for that. I, I, I watched the, uh, there's a, the Muppets. Um, like the documentary? No. There, there's a brand new uh, Halloween Muppets special where, where Gonzo goes to stay the night in the haunted mansion at Disney World or How something. How bad was it? Oh man, it it was it was pretty bad. It was so bad I had to watch it. The the newer stuff of the Muppets is terrible. It's not, it's not quite Jim as Henson good. Passed away. It's like yeah, this it's, sucks. It's, it's not the same. <laughs> this has been Muppet Talk. Thank you, Lance. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, all right. Well, I don't have any uh, other change my minds. That was just the the ones that I wanted to talk about. Unless you you gents, Matt, you had a few more over there. You got anything else? I can keep going for days. That's what. Uh, Trainer me. Road. Trainer Road is better than Zwift. Ooh. Or on, on how, probably, how specifically just in, in on total on whole or like, no, we, I, I have to, if, if we're making it like fun for the change my mind segment, then it's like, you just have to say all of it. Right. Well, I think that arguments th- could be like, Hey, you can get faster on trainer road. Yeah. Therefore it is better than Zwift. Like trainer road is a better training platform. It, it will make you faster. Zwift, Maybe that's a cute game, but I'll disagree because I think that I know if you I have, know you will. That's why I throw. That's why I'm throwing you this have out there. Any capacity, you if you have a coach, if you have any way of getting a, a good program that you can program into Zwift, you can definitely uh, match them there, toe for toe. Um, the social component on Trainer Road is terrible. I don't want to sit there and stare at Lance riding his bike and sweating all over the place. Are you, are you sure? Are we talking about Lance? Because yeah. he's a the model. Talking about Lance, the I model. Am a, I am a model. Social component to that is like you get like this little Zoom call looking thing, and you get to stare at your, your friends. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to be looking at you right now. I'd rather watch something else on TV. So. Guys, uh, Matt, I can't disagree with you. Gosh dang it! And I do train a road. You're not helping me. I know you're supposed to. You have to, I'm Lance. You have to. to disagree. That's the name of the game. Um, what if I said the um, the new Wahoo one? You could probably disagree with that. Oh, the new uh, Wahoo. What it, what's it called? Their Statum. What's the what's the platform called? It was it was uh, Sufferfest, but now it's all part of Wahoo's something missing vowels. Something missing vowels. What's it <laughs> called, it's, Matt? It's missing vowels. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't just know made either. a video about it. And I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, I will say, um, I do really like uh, Trainer Rhodes' uh, workouts. Their, their workouts, uh, as far as helping me this last year, I did Trainer Road workouts almost all year long, but I would only do... I would only do like one or two a week at the most because A, um, their workouts work better if you're on the trainer. And even though I did most of them outside on my bike, which was great that I had intervals that I, like a whole interval workout that I could do right on my road bike while I'm riding around or mountain bike or whatever. Um, That was great. But, oh man, when, when you compare, when you compare Zwift the Zwift experience to the Trainer Road experience—they don't even compare. Zwift is they're, so they're much very better. Different. They're very different. They're very different. The Zwift experience is so much better than the the Trainer Road experience. Even though I know that the the Trainer Road workout itself yep. is probably much better. The thing that Trainer Road has also done—I think that it just hit everybody they now have adaptive training where they have right. they yeah. have artificial intelligence that helps look at the training you've been doing and what your next workout should be to keep you on track right so slight adjustments it, to your workout it, based on training and training load i one thing that's interesting is that you can technically have both loaded at the same time like even on like an iPad, you can actually pull over the work. Cause I think that that's the sweet spot, right? Where it's like better workouts, better training platform, trainer road. Whereas Zwift is like, that needs to be the entertainment piece. That's like right there in the middle. Right. Yeah. So oftentimes if I'm doing a very hard uh, interval workout on trainer road, it it's, um, it's very difficult to, uh, like pay attention to something else. What yep. trainer road, if you're doing an easy workout, uh, yeah. you can have a movie up or be watching something yeah. or whatnot. But if, if I'm doing something really hard, I can't pay attention to the TV at all. I have to yep. be watching that number. And oh my it's like gosh. like music maybe. Yeah. That's like the one thing that I do. Yeah, you can do music. But with, with Swift, it's just so much easier <laughs> to like... Hey, I don't know. I'm, I'm. It's the game. It's the game. Yeah, it, I think it's the game part of it that is just way better. So, uh-huh. yep. I mean, as They're much different. as I hate Swift, it is significant. The experience itself is much better. You know, I think one of the reasons why I I signed up for Trainer Road workouts is because I could put them on my Wahoo Swift. or my Garmin, and I could go do these workouts outside. You know, oh, yeah. and I could. Are it, you going to cancel your Trainer Road account? I don't know. This adaptive training and the yep. and, and, and the plan builder where you can say, these are my four major races that I'm going to do. Build me a plan, and it will build you a plan for as many weeks as you want. I love that option, yeah. that, it, that it kind of does that. And with this adaptive training, it, it tracks all the work you've been doing and, and changes your workouts for you, you know, whatnot. So I... I like that a lot. All their sweet spot workouts. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, oftentimes, I'll, I would look at a sweet spot workout, and, mm-hmm. and, and then it's not all just sweet spot workouts. You know, they have like 3,000 workouts or something like that. Yeah, the, the couple of times I've loaded programs in to follow, I look at it, it's like the vast majority of the, the rides are sweet spot. They all start, you know, with sweet spot sure. work. One of the things is um, if you're, if you're, race that you've got on your schedule uh-huh. is 
um, like a three or four hour race, uh-huh. like a road race or a gravel race. Most of that work for the first month or month and a half is going to be sweet spot work. Now, like um, I had all these cyclocross races on here, so almost every workout or every interval workout I did with Trainer Road, having cyclocross races as my goal races, they were all VO2 work. Okay. It was all VO2 stuff and and I like no sweet spot at this point in the in the season at all. Yeah. So it it all kind of changes, but man, I don't know. If I was doing a sweet spot workout, I just found something that was similar on Zwift and it was much easier to do. Yeah, I <laughs> I hate doing workouts on the trainer. I like doing zone 2 and I like doing team rides. And yeah. probably I should probably get into racing because that's going to challenge you in a way that you probably wouldn't be challenged um, yeah. otherwise, and you're going to work a little bit harder for that. But doing, like, structured programs on there, I hate doing that. Because it's, like, you, you're trying to, like, like pass the time, right, when you're on the trainer. You just right. want that time to go by fast. Like, I want when I'm outside, I want to enjoy the ride. But when I'm yeah. on the train, I want to pass the time. So I want to pull up things like YouTube, or I want to, you know, engage in, like, Discord Something talk with like friends that. or stuff like that. But when you're doing a workout, you like, I can't pay attention like you said i can't pay attention to a movie or a tv show or yes. a youtube video no you can't you have to, i press pause and everything then i grind it out then you have to go back and it just feels like i'm like i i need to do one or the other so i would much prefer just to go outside and suffer out there than to sit on the trainer and do my workouts my tempo stuff my you know interval stuff or yeah. the sweet spot stuff that's just no that's just kind of my two cents on that that's a good one matt i yeah well i think that's an enough from me, I yep. thrown out, I've thrown out a lot of questions or changed my minds or whatever. I think we're all game. done. Yeah, I'm just gonna say we're, we're all done. Yeah, okay, we're gonna do this whole one last thing now. Who wants to go first with the one last thing? Matt, go first. One last thing. Well, mine's always easy. Uh, videos galore. You know what I did? I did something different last week. I posted a video about um, like a Save the Oceans campaign. Saw which that. That was is, good. Yep. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's interesting because the group that's raising money is basically for every dollar given they're going to take a pound which is you know a pound of trash out of the ocean or beach or river so that's that's a lot in my opinion i, I mean i granted like maybe you guys think that's not a good value but i i think it is and so i put some money towards that and uh and made a video about it to get other people interested in the topic or at least sure. aware of it and then whatever money the video makes which will not we lance and i were talking about this it's like oh man that's like a, a that video is gonna make a dollar fifty way to go matt uh, <laughs> But ROI, any money yeah. that the video makes, I'll also uh, donate towards that cause. So take some trash out of the ocean. Check it out. Gotcha. Go check out that video. And then the next video on Sunday will be bike lights. And the concept for that video is going to be something along the lines of like, how helpful is it to have bike light during the day, at dusk, and at night? Um, and it'll star Lance Romance. <laughs> so <laughs> lovely the star of the show. Nice. Hey, I was looking at your YouTube channel when I was watching that video, yes. and I think you're just about ready to, you're getting pretty stinking close to 10,000 followers or subs, right? I'm at 9,000, yeah, and so I'm, I I would love to hit 10,000 by the end of the year. I just don't, I think I'm going to miss it by a week, couple weeks or so, so we'll see, but who knows? All right, so. It, I, you know, if we push hard, I got to get a lot of videos. I have tons of video ideas, but I also have tons of work to do and they don't they don't coincide very well yeah. well so. to the 23 people who listen to this podcast maybe if they go out there and follow your your channel <laughs> that'll push us over the edge that would be get awesome. you a few more people so 
Cool. Hey, Lance, you got one last thing for us? Uh, one last thing for me. Um, there is the Rainier Cyclocross Crusade race this weekend. It is on Sunday. Um, it's also Daylight Savings Time, which is coming up. Saving. With, saving, th- sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, that's one of Jake's pet peeves. So I'm going to say savings just to bother him. I know, right? <laughs> savings. Get those savings, guys. Get the savings out. Collect all those savings. <laughs> I, I I have told uh, people close to me that yes, my cyclocross season is over, but I'm secretly hoping that my back will settle enough that maybe I can do one or two more races. So that's that's a problem. My legs feel great. Don't do it. But just call it, Lance. I, just call I it. I should just call it. I don't, I'm just well. Stuck. Let's talk about this for just a quick second. What in cyclocross really sets your back off? Is it the running? Is it jumping over bears? Is it riding in sand? Is it's it the running? The running. Yeah. Of the races that are left, are any of those races light on the running? Or do they all have like big, stupid, steep run-ups? It, it, and... de- it depends on the weather. Uh-huh. So Okay. They're, um, they're all going to have barriers or something, they Lance. Like, have, they're all gonna, and those are going to tweak your back. It's, it's, it's not worth it. It's the jumping off the bike and running over barriers is like, ugh, that's like the worst. Just bunny hop them. Yeah, I could go for the bunny hop. Just do the cyclocross <laughs> race on your mountain bike. You could try. If I did it on the mountain bike, I could easily bunny hop yeah. them. You should just go out there for fun and just do it on your mountain bike, right? I should. You're right. Yeah. That would be funny. Maybe I should do that on my mountain bike. <laughs> or go race the single speeds. That's where all the cross racers go to die, right? Yes, it does. That's where you go to retire. <laughs> exactly. You know, I can't compete with the top, like, eight, ten guys anyway, so I could just... Have fun with the rest. They're race against Terry and Brian and Sean yeah. and yeah. Oh, fun. Anyway, cool. That's it. All right. My one last thing is this coming Saturday we have our team ride. Um, I kind of talked about it briefly earlier for um, remembering our good friend and teammate Michael Myers. It's the Michael Myers Memorial Ride. If you are local here, um, if you want to come out and join us, we will be doing our third um, installment of this ride to uh, kind of remember our buddy. Uh, we. Start at uh, a little donut shop here in, in town that Michael quite liked, um, Dot Donuts, and then we'll get a bunch of coffee and donuts, and we're going to ride out to a nice little spot in Washougal that overlooks the Columbia River Gorge, have a little peekaboo view of uh, Multnomah Falls. Yes. A little tree that we've adopted is uh, Michael's tree, and we'll go out there and have coffee and donuts, and we'll share some good times and stories about Michael. So if you guys want to come out, join us. The the planned route is about 45 miles and 3,600 feet of climbing, but you don't have to do the whole planned route. No. You could you, you could ride out to the overlook and come straight back. Yeah, if the you out and back is a piece of cake. It's predominantly downhill on the way back. So yes. It's a, it's a fun little ride, though, nevertheless. Yep. I get a little squeamish about the second half of that ride because that is um, pretty much a big chunk of the route that, that Sean and I were on the day that we got hit by the car. Correct. And I always have to grab some brakes and take it easy going down that hill because it squeamish. <sighs> I don't want to think about that. But anyway, um, it's, a, it's a fun, beautiful route, nevertheless. And we still have some fall colors, so it should be fun to come out and see. So hopefully we'll see a bunch of y'all out there. I'll be out there. Sweet. <laughs> Anything else, guys? That's it. That's All it. Right. Thanks for having us. We do appreciate everybody listening. We do have a guest lined up for next week, so come on back next week to find out who that's going to be. That, that should be a fun. fun and interesting one. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Until then, bye for now. <laughs>